0: Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Wallrap.
1: Today we're here with uh, Samantha Bouchard. Uh, Samantha, welcome to CareerPod.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: To start off, uh, could you tell us a little bit about you know, your early background in education, uh, leading up to your certification in, in cosmetology.
0: Absolutely. Um, so every state's a little bit different, um, depending on your hours. So I am licensed in Massachusetts. Um, so I actually went back to my high school. I went to a, um, yeah, I went to vocational high school. I actually studied plumbing, um, which is, you know, a little different, (laughs) so, um, after I graduated, I went back, I did the adult program, um, I did it full-time, and I was able to finish my 1,000 hours within a year, um, and then after that, it's the state board exam. Um, luckily, I passed the first time, and here we are.
1: Okay, so you've been doing this for a num- number of years. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, um, we'd like to uh, learn a little bit more about your, your typical day, uh, what you would do, uh, before during and after uh, an appointment for hairstyling
0: okay um the days are always a little bit different but always um pretty similar so it just kind of depends on what i have on the book some days are super crazy busy some days are uh, i wish it was busier <laughs> so um you know in between appointments if i'm not busy i'll be you know cleaning um you know, following up with appointments, and confirmations um, with the clients. It's you know, discussing, consulting, um, and just making sure that we're getting the right look that we're you know that we're going for.
1: Uh, you know, uh, a cosmetology in a salon setting uh, is a business. And uh, 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 have you worked in different types of, of settings, whether it be a family-owned uh, or corporate type of uh, uh, operation?
0: Um, Yeah, I've actually, I actually worked in both. Um, Right now I'm working at a corporate salon. Um, I've been doing hair for about six or seven years now. Um, I honestly love it. There's definitely, you know, a lot of support um, that, you know, just things that you typically wouldn't really get in a family owned salon. Um, I always worked in either smaller family owns. I worked in higher end. Um, and I now work for Ulta. And honestly, um, it's it's a really great company. Um, the compensation's great. Um, you know, there's benefits, 401k. So those are just some things, um, you know, that you don't get when typically you work with either a smaller salon or, you know, family owned.
1: Sure. Uh, the organization you're with now, uh, do they, are they throughout the country? Do they have a number of uh, mm-hmm. salons? Okay. And, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. We have um, a couple thousand. <laughs> there's a bunch of them.
1: Wow. That's, that's incredible. Uh, now I understand your current place is more than just a a salon. It's part of a bigger store.
0: Correct. Yes. Um, so we sell products from, um, I don't want to say like drugstore brands, but we do, um, you know, we have like, uh, Venus, we have, Um, you know, L'Oreal, all that stuff all the way up into our higher end, Purology, Living Proof, um, and that goes through hair care all the way to skin care, makeup, um, pretty much anything, you know, essential that you would need for, you know, your hair, your skin, your nails.
1: Sure. Um, In terms of um, sort of the art and science of uh, uh, cosmetology, uh, you you're dealing with some um, liquids and the hair products, but you're also dealing with, um, a sense of style. You know, the client may want to have a sense of certain sense and you have a certain sense. How does that all come to come together?
0: Um, super important, um, in the consultation, you know, it all has to do with, um, you know, what the look that they're going for. I've had clients that, you know, they show me something and either it's something that I think would look great or unrealistic, you know, it might not be something that their hair can do um, or it just realistically might not be something that would look great on them. So it's all about being honest Um, and even when someone, you know, they give you a style or a color, sometimes you have to tweak it to make it work for that person. So it's really, it's really all about the consultation and just making sure that you're on the same page and, you know, you're both happy with the end result.
1: Sure. Do clients actually bring pictures of uh, hairstyles uh, in and to say and say to you, "I'd like to look like that"?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and pictures are great too because sometimes um, you know, verbiage and wording can be a little different from person to person. So, what someone might see as like you know a warm tone, I might be like, "Ah, oh, that's actually pretty ashy." So you know, it's all. Um, it's Pictures are really a great reference to make sure that you're seeing exactly what the person is, um, you know, talking about. And sometimes they really, if they bring in the picture of this, you know, beautiful celebrity, sometimes they kind of just want to look like the celebrity, <laughs> not so much their hairstyle. So, right. The, the, um, they, you know, those are things to take into consideration.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you... Uh, when you were uh, back in school and just coming out uh, i I know you're experienced uh, right now for many years, but um it's like when did you first discover that you know your your artistic strength was was enough to really see envision uh, a certain haircut hairstyle?
0: um I mean, it all comes with confidence, so I feel like it definitely took me a while to really be confident in what I was doing and maybe that's be because, um, I'm super anal, <laughs> you know, um, in my, um, my cosmetology teacher used to say that, you know, I was a really great cutter cause I was very precise. Um, but I still just, um, I didn't have that confidence that, you know, eventually just, you know, doing it more and more and just being more confident behind the chair and who you're working with is what, um, you know, made me feel great in the haircuts that I was giving.
1: Once you're beyond, you know, the, uh, about confidence and feeling comfortable, you know, uh, then the scissors can just fly, I guess. And uh, you may may have a little conversation, you know, with, with the person you're styling. Uh, do you find that uh, most of your clients uh, do like to chat a bit?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a chatterbox myself. So um, some people I can tell when they get in the chair, they're tired or, um, you know, like I, it's all about reading the body language. If they're, you know, having a long day or they just want to relax like that's fine but usually I can you know it's it's a pretty good conversation especially if you're in my chair for a little while it's a good time to get to know each other
1: that's that's great uh now uh do you cut men's hair and women's hair
0: correct yes I do
1: both oh okay uh, do you find that it's uh easier to do one or the other generally
0: um I feel like men's cuts, um, can be a little bit more challenging and people would think that they're a little easier because, you know, if you're doing a clipper cut, you have this mechanical thing to do it for you. But, um, the shorter you go on the hair, the less room there is for error. Um, and it, some people, exactly. And sometimes the head shape doesn't always work with you. So it's, um, it's a lot of fine tuning and it's a lot more attention to detail. I feel like on, um, on most men's cuts.
1: Sure. Um, as we know, the hairstyles changed throughout the years, but something that I've noticed uh, with men's cuts, uh, in the last 10 years or so, I would say, uh, it's not just a, a plain haircut for a man. Uh, you know, it's it's now turned into uh, different layers, different, you know, even colors. And uh, so something new comes along, and, and the style comes in, and, and a gentleman... Uh, or or a lady come in and say, I want the new style. Now, I assume you would have to learn how to do that style or understand that style before you would
0: begin. Um, Yes and no. Um, I mean, I've been doing hair long enough that, I mean, you kind of just know how the hair falls. Um, so it's really looking at what you have and just um, you're basically building a shape. So that's um, the main way to get to where you want to go. And then again, back to that consultation is sometimes people have hair that um, isn't going to do that. You know, if you have pokey stick straight hair or um, you know, it's really thinning and you want this thick laid back um, you know like newer st- just things that don't always work sometimes again that's where you have to talk with a client and be like yeah it's not the best for your hair shape and you kind of um, you adjust it to what would work best for them
1: sure that particular style may not really be be good for them and, and as a professional you you would envision that and I think that that's part of the consultation uh, the, uh, the the other thought I have is uh, you, know, you do more than cutting you do coloring uh and and other things tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about let's say you're going to do a cut with a color how do those two items come together
0: So, um, well, I definitely specialize a little bit more in coloring. Um, So it really all depends on what we're doing. There are so many, um, you know, color is a huge world. You know, it's um, different techniques, different styles. Um, We could be doing a color correction that's taking someone from, you know, something and just transforming them into a whole new thing. There's colors, there's highlighting, there's balayaging. So all different techniques and some things can last up to two hours. Sometimes you could be in my chair for an entire day. Um, it really just depends on what we're doing.
1: Did you say balayachi? Balayage. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Baliars. no one. Ba- <laughs> what, is, what are balayage?
0: Balayaging um, is a type of, te- um, of technique. It really just means hand painting. Um, so that can be used in so many different ways when trying to achieve um, lightness in certain areas, ombres, um, it's, it's a really, really great technique, and it just kind of helps personalize and, um, you know, really custom fit the color on the person to where you want it to be. Do you have any
1: thoughts about whether it's best to be full-time? Can you be part-time doing this work? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, let's say you had a family, you were starting a family, uh, and you really liked hairstyling, and you thought maybe you could do it part-time. Uh, would that be possible?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, usually when you start out, um, you are part time. It's one of those things where you have to build up your clientele um, and this can take years. So when you start out, it's really important to find a salon that's going to be busy, that you can build up that book fast. And that's, you know, all consistent of building good rapport with your clients and making sure that obviously, you know, you're you're leaving with clients or clients are leaving being happy. Um, so realistically, um, they're probably, depending on the area, unless you start working at this super jam-packed salon, are you going to be starting full-time? Um, in a sense of wanting to start a family, um, I mean, if I wanted to do that right now, I have a good enough clientele that the hours that I'm in, I could make it work. Um, but I mean, the more people you're seeing, the more money you're going to make. So that's really how you would budget, um, you know, what's going to work for you and where you can still be successful, but have time with your family as well.
1: Sure. You mentioned uh, money. Uh, give, can you give us an idea, uh, you know, for an experienced uh, hairdresser, what what range of, of income, and I'm only looking for a range of income, could that person achieve?
0: It's really hard um, to give that number, even in a range, just because it all depends um, on the demographic, depending on where you are, Um, how long you've been doing hair, what you usually do. So, um, I mean, if you're in places like New York, um, I mean, it's it's mostly commission depending on where you are. And that's what you want to be because you want to be making a percentage of what you're bringing in. And that can take years to build up um, a commission too. So um, depending on the area, it really just depends on your prices. So, you know, if you were in a bigger city, your prices would be a little bit more expensive. You'd be making a little bit more there. You're in a smaller town. Um, your prices are probably a little bit lower. Um, it, it really, it's its such a broad range that it really just kind of depends on where you are. But um, if you've been doing it for a long time, you definitely can live comfortably and be very successful um, if you just, you know, you put the work into it and you're um, really passionate about what you do.
1: Sure. Oh, when you say commission, uh, I don't know what the range would be, but would it be maybe
0: 20%? Oh, way more than that. No. Um, yeah, most, most salons in average give you between like 50 and 60% commission. Um, what's, what's really great about the company that I work at is your commission actually changes depending on how much you're bringing in. So we have the opportunity to bring um, in up to 70% of our commission um, and it starts at 43 So the more we bring in during the week, the more of the commission we actually get to take home. But your average for most places is um, usually usually around 50%.
1: What is the most satisfying part of uh, your job?
0: Well, um, I have to say on a personal level, probably just, you know, building relationships with my clients. I have um, a lot of people I've been working with over the years that I absolutely adore. Um, You know, they have my phone number, they're on my social media, we talk, and they, you know, they become a part of my family. So that for me is probably the most rewarding thing is just um, being able to make these people happy and just, Spreading the love, you know. (laughs) Have to say as a little um, side story, I have a client that I've been doing for a few years, and she actually just had her third kid. um, Her first girl back in uh, November or October. I want to say either October, November. Um, and it was just one of those moments we were talking and we we're talking about the proms and everything that'd be coming up in a couple months. And this is while she was still pregnant. And she said to me, she goes, well, in a few years, you know, you'll be doing her prom, which was her, you know, soon to be daughter. And it was just one of those things that really like, it just made you feel really good. You know, yeah,
1: that's, that's a great example. of going go to go into the next generation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's great. Uh now, I know like any job, there there must be some frustrating parts as well. Uh, could you reflect on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, um, a lot of that can be, um, you know, depending on, I don't want to say the client in your chair, but not everyone is the happiest person in the world. So, some things are, um, you know, trying to change their, you know, they're say they're having a bad day, they're in your chair, you can kind of tell right off the bat, so... Um, some people could be a little harder to work with. I'm pretty fortunate that most of my clients are really great, but um, it can also be a struggle too when say you're running into a color that's not going the way you want it to. um, And that can be whether you're in the middle of a color correction, they could have box color on their hair, their hair might not be lifting. Um, So those are things that are probably stressful, but um, luckily I like a challenge. So it's not always um, it's a little bit more exciting for me too because I'm like all right, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to get through this
1: sure the, um, the now the imp- appointment schedule something that comes up uh, in in your salon uh, and I can imagine that there can be times when one one appointment overlaps into the other and you know, and everyone has a tight schedule. Uh, have you ever experienced something like that? And uh, what do you generally do about it? How do you commun- communicate?
0: Yeah. Um, typically, I'm someone that, I, I mean, I can definitely speed up in some areas. Um, I like to take my time. And I don't mean like, you know, dilly-dally. I just mean I'm very diligent. I'm very anal. So um, I like to perfect what I'm doing. I don't like to rush things. So if that means that, um you know i have someone in my chair i will sometimes just kind of block off a little bit more time so that way i'm not running behind with the next client and if i know i am even if it's 15 minutes um you know 10 or 15 minutes i always always call my next client and just let them know i'm running a little behind um i just feel like that's the respectful thing to do because if a client was running late for me i would want them to call me um and i feel like their time is just as important as mine
1: yes very well said uh in terms of um Maybe an interesting or funny story that uh, happened to you uh, in your career.
0: The only thing I can really think of is one of the times I ended up getting one of my clients, um, I don't want to say soaked, but <laughs> I, was, um, I was washing, shampooing one of my clients with a bowl. Um, and I don't know if you know what a, um, or can really recall what a shampoo bowl looks like. Is There's your nozzle that's kind of on like a hose, and then you have your little on and off switch um and she was super tired so she's like kind of falling asleep in the chair and I'm like oh that's fine um and somehow I ended up hitting the on um you know the on switch for the water to turn on and that hose just flew up in the air because the water pressure is so high sprayed all in the room <laughs> it woke her up that's for sure um I felt so bad it was like water everywhere she's like no 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 that's fine um but I mean it's it, one way to wake up your client if they're getting sleepy. So <laughs> that's
1: right. Uh, a memorable moment, to say the least.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this was years ago, and I still remember it. So
1: yeah. Uh, along the way, uh, you've worked in different settings, and you've done mm-hmm. some job changes. Uh, do they get? In, how do they go from one salon to the other? Is is it on word of mouth? Do they actually interview you and see how you cut? And then they'd say, Mm -hmm. we like that, you know, coming to our salon. So how does that all work?
0: Uh, Well, certain salons are different. Um, I mean, when I first started out, I've never been someone that, um, you know, just calls a place or just applies online. I feel like nowadays everything is very impersonal. Um, I'm someone that like, if I have my resume, I am going to, you know, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to ask if you're hiring, if I'm looking for a new salon. Um, Sometimes it is word of mouth. Um, Where I'm working right now, I actually had a friend that used to work here and she was one who told me about the opportunity. Um, And opposed to how the interview process goes is I've had um, salons in the past where one, I was just... Um, You know, an assistant. So obviously, there's no technical part of that. It's just, you know, you're sitting down all these questions. You know, where do you see yourself in five years? Where are your strong suits? All all the typical interview questions. Um, I've had other salons that, you know, you can give them a portfolio. Um, And as for the one I am now, um, I did do a full sit down interview Um, with the manager. It was pretty intensive. Um, And then we did also do a technical interview. So I brought a model in. They wanted to see a color application. They wanted to see highlights. They also wanted to see a haircut. Um, So that way they could have an idea of my technical ability. Um, And I was hired and here we are. (laughs) That's
1: great. You know, I was thinking you had mentioned a resume, but when when you think about it, um, typically someone who's in the design field will have a portfolio, you know, like, like an artist um, mm-hmm. So um, in, in your uh, craft, there's uh, similar thing. You'd be better off with something beyond a resume, uh, j- which is just words. If you could show you know, potential employer uh, a portfolio, uh,
0: mm-hmm. is, is that yeah, the thing some you salons do? Don't always, yeah, yeah. a lot of salons don't really care, ask for a resume. Um, other salons I've worked at never really asked for that. I think it's um, definitely always good to have on you because it's still it, – it looks professional, um, letter recommendations to are great. If you have, you know, old salons that you've left, you're still in really good, um, really good terms with managers or any of the coworkers. Um, that, that's a really great thing to have too, because it can be, you know, an industry where sometimes, um, it's, it's competitive, you know? So sometimes when you're leaving a place and you want to be working close by, that's, um, it's hard to hold a good relationship sometimes with your past employers, and I'm fortunate enough that every place that I've left, I'm still on really good terms. I have letter recommendations. I still talk to a lot of my old bosses, so um, I think that's really important.
1: Right, because because you could actually, you were very successful, and you decided to to go up the street or around the corner, and a new salon. Uh, some of your clients would like would want to come with you so that creates a little sensitive situation with the former employer
0: yeah which is why some places do make you sign a contract um it's called a non non non-compete um so they can like for instance where i work um you know if you want to go anywhere they want you to stay um outside of a 10 mile radius um so it kind of you know prevents that from happening
1: yeah, that's that's reasonable, I think, uh, protecting their interests. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to get an idea of uh, what you would uh, advice you would give to someone, a uh, younger person coming into uh, considering coming into the field.
0: Um, it is an amazing field. Um, it's it's a really, really, really great career path. Um, but you need to be sure that it's you know, you have to be a people person um you don't necessarily need to be creative um some people i feel like aren't that creative but they still give amazing haircuts they give you know they do amazing colors the creativity definitely helps but the biggest thing is being able to be a people person if you don't like people um this isn't the best career for you
1: sure uh, in the sense that you have all types of personalities that come into that chair and uh absolutely and uh they all want a nice haircut so you uh you have to work work around that, and uh, I can see that that's uh, that's an important quality, it, it, almost as much as the, the hairstyle. You know,
0: p- exactly. making making
1: people feel comfortable uh, in the salon, and uh, you know a- after the haircut. So that would be very good advice. Uh, well, um,
0: absolutely.
1: Yes, Samantha, um, that was a, a great the overview of. Um, the role of a cosmetologist and uh, i want to thank you i want to thank you for uh, all your insights into into that field and um we wish you the best and continued success
0: oh thank you so much gary you're a pleasure to talk to um this was a ton of fun i really enjoyed it so um i hope this was helpful for anyone that you know is kind of looking into this field um, and it really really is just such a great um opportunity
1: Once again, thank you very much, Samantha, and have a great day.
0: Thank you, Gary. You too.